Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Thank you for coming out to uh, Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. I got a little bit of an echo, so let's. Uh, cool, thanks. Th- uh, let's give a big old round of applause to uh, Richie and Mary. Thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, let's. Um, so the uh, the theme for tonight is WWF Attitude Era. That's their real logo, and it really looks like shit. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? No, I, I double-checked and triple-checked. That's the real logo. I don't know why the D looks like that. Uh, do you know who... Uh, this is not one of the questions. Vince McMahon came up with this when he was, like, sitting at a bar with his glass in front of him and just, like, scratched it in with his finger on the glass, the condensation, and was like, yep, that looks good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was about. I was trying to tell just now if it was an actual font because the first two T's are pretty close. Right. But that third T really blows the illusion, and no, <laughs> someone was really freehanding this. Uh, so this is Let's Sleeping Dogs Lie, uh, the comedy trivia show of uh, answering questions and questioning answers. Uh, let's start with uh, my team to uh, the team to my left. Uh, what's your name? Undertaker. Uh, I hardly know her. <laughs> And uh, let's, let's uh, get some introductions, uh, starting with the man on the far left. Hello, my name is Johnny O'Mara, and I believe this logo looks like if you Googled bad wrestling tattoo. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Uh, hi, my name is Connor Doyle, and I believe that this logo looks like it was written by an ant. <laughs> so they just really took their time. Like... And all their letters kind of look like trees? Okay, sure. That's racist. Uh, <laughs> next. Uh, my name is Susie Allen. I think we should be a little nicer. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's fair. I think it's totally fair. Okay, great. And then the team to my right, starting with this, this uh, lady on the end. Do you want to know our team name? Uh, I would, yes, actually, let's do that first. Thank you. Okay, we are... We are Headlock and Sons. <laughs> is that the name of your like plumbing business? Yeah. A little bit. Okay, great. Uh, guess which ones are the sons? <laughs> bang, bang. Honestly, <laughs> bang, bang. This okay. is my brother. This is my Fan- other brother. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Uh, my name's Julia Heinen, and I'm really resisting the urge to try to color in the missing <laughs> strokes on the logo. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of bad stuff tonight. Don't worry. Cool. Uh, cool, and next? Uh, my name is Shirag Rator, um, and I, uh, kind of like you, I like that a little bit. Yeah, it's got a little bit of an edge to it. I think it does, yeah. yeah. I didn't say I liked it. I, <laughs> I stand alone. She just thought we should be nice. I stand yeah, yeah. alone. And finally. Uh, I'm Sarah Magnuson. I was told to prepare my own wrestling name for this. I, I did yeah. say that, and so far no one's done it. I'm the old day. Thank you. <laughs> The whole the day. The day. day. There's a very popular tag team known as the New Day that are currently They're active. The best wow. thing about wrestling today. So yes. Sarah wrestling is actually it. probably the expert on wrestling on the stage right now. So it's unfortunate that won't come into play whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get started here. Uh, 
Uh, look at this fella here. Hell this is yeah. uh, so Bret Hart, the excellence of execution, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Bret Hart became the face of the WWF during the early 90s as the heavyweight champion. However, relationships with the company soured in 1997 when the predetermined outcome of one of his matches was changed without his knowledge, leading to Bret losing the title to his longtime rival Shawn Michaels. Uh, this became uh, known as the Montreal Screwjob. So your question is, other than Halifax, Montreal is home to the largest number of graves related to what? Who's answering? Uh, this will be for uh, the Headlock and Sons. And you have 15 seconds. That's going to be time. Headlock and Sons, what, what do you think? What is Montreal uh, the Graves thing? <laughs> um, Montreal, uh, beyond Halifax, is home to the largest number of graves related to the Great Huguenot Rebellion of 1895. Great Huguenot Rebellion, oh sorry, 1895. 1895, not 1985. Yeah. There's two different ones. Okay, great. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Um, what is a Huguenot? A Huguenot is a type of um, settler in early uh, fur-trapping Canada um, who are French speakers. So they uh, largely settled in Quebec. So when, oh, I say Huguenot. <laughs> so when I was in high school in Virginia, we played another high school in sports called Blessed Sacrament Huguenot. So are you saying that those were all fur trappers from France who came south to Virginia? Yes, the Huguenots were... Um, persecuted in France for their version of Catholicism, which is why they were Catholics in... Susie Allen's giving you a... <laughs> 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 um, the Huguenots are Catholics. They are a settled group of Catholics in that part of So Canada. they're specifically Catholic fur trappers. Catholic fur trappers. <laughs> yeah, what's weird about that? Um, so I, I, I think that St. Augustine, Florida is home to a very large Huguenot cemetery. Uh, I don't believe there was a large fur industry in Florida being hot. And I also don't believe there were French speakers, it was mostly Spanish. Were, were there like multiple um, brands of Huguenot? There's a philosophy. I mean, you leave those Catholics unsupervised long enough, they're going to spread the hell out. Uh, uh, Huguenot classic, Huguenot uh, zero. What distinguished the Huguenots theologically? In their Catholicism? Yeah. Their devotion to trapping, killing. <laughs> okay, so we're... Of the noble beaver. Uh, what, what, beaver. Take, take some time, what do you think? Uh, right. Do we need to take this time? No, no, no. uh, I, I think we're on the same page. Okay, so if they're lying, what do you think the cemetery is actually known for? Um, our, our thought was maybe smallpox, smallpox victims. Smallpox victims, okay, great. Sufferers. Well, let's, let's, let's find out, actually. Uh, no, the answer is... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, six of the graves are in Mount Royal Cemetery, five in Notre Dame de Neige Cemetery, and one in the Baron de Hirsch Cemetery. Uh, the distress signal that the uh, Titanic sent out was received in Montreal. Well, you know, most oh. of the Titanic passengers were Huguenots. <laughs> also, weren't the Huguenots Protestant, or am I just going no, totally you're right. nuts? You're right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Certainly French Catholics, and oh, okay. St. Augustine right. is clearly French because it would have, like, uh or O oh on the end if it was Spanish influence. 
That's true. I retract my face. Uh, <laughs> five points for, for uh, Undertaker, or hardly newer, uh, for sussing that one out. Yeah, show us the camera. Now, you may remember Shawn Michaels uh, from the previous slide. Uh, he was the man who beat Bret Hart uh, in the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, he's commonly considered one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. And according to the lyrics of his entrance theme, uh, he is a sexy boy. <laughs> but he's just a sexy boy and not the sexy boy. Who was People Magazine's first sexiest man alive? You have 15 seconds. This is his real entrance music. I like how we were on the same page. Alright, that's gonna be it, son. What do we think? Who was the who was uh, People Magazine's first sexiest man alive? Sean Connery. Sean Connery is the answer. Sean Connery. Um, and what year was that? 1972. <laughs> when Sean Connery was how old? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, was he already Bond at that point in his career? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Can you name some of the other projects that he done? Uh, that, that, the, that he oh, done at that time? Oh. Well, he was thinking. Done, he yeah. was thinking real hard about someday being in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? One day I want to retire. <laughs> uh, he he wasn't. Uh, what was the? Um, uh, that's your question. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little more about um, like today? You know, when I think of um, my my friend group and who can talk to me about James Bond movies, it's only like. White guys. So, yeah. um, who are who are his audience? If, if this is being marketed essentially to you know younger women and yeah. middle-aged women, do they even really know Sean Connery? Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. dumb husbands won't shut the hell up about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he has a sexy Scottish accent. He's not the old Sean Connery that we know now. He's a different Sean Connery yeah. with a legitimate claim to sexiness. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insight into why People Magazine? An American publication would make their first sexiest man alive. Ah, not an American. Uh, have you not? Okay. Okay. Well, they. Yeah. Previously, it was Hugh Jackman, who's Australian, as we all know. I did not know. Yeah. So I've made my point. <laughs> what was the? What was? Uh, what was happening on the cover? Of this? Oh, of course, it's that. It's the famous pose that he had as James Bond, where he's like. You know, with the little smirk. Putting his gun right by him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just cupping his chin with the trigger of his gun. This is a gun. And it's like, that guy's chin is so sharp, it could trigger this trigger if he wanted it to. So the trigger is on the top of the gun. Yeah, they're different. I'm clearly making the part of the gun All that right, the trigger is we, we, we will go back to Improv 101 after, the, after this. Uh, for the time being, though, Mel Gibson's the answer. What do y'all think? Lying or telling the truth? Uh, I did say Mel Gibson's the answer because uh, I jumped ahead to the answer. So here's what I'm The next question is about subliminal messaging. I'm excited because shut my mouth. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to give you five points. I'm going to give you three points. I'll take it. To be fair, 
guess. Who did you think it was? I, I think it was all on me, but I guess Burt Reynolds. Oh, oh, okay. That's, uh, a, good I, I that's a really good guess. <laughs> Basically, Sean Connery with a mustache yeah. at that point Sean, in time. Sean Connery was actually nominated one year, so so you weren't far off. This is 1980. 2008. 2008. <laughs> so this was uh, 1985 was when Mel Gibson was uh, nominated. Uh, yeah, so this, the, the way it started, uh, someone like in the writer's room of people was like, oh my God, Mel Gibson is the sexiest man alive. And someone was like, you should write that. <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are with Blake Shelton. Hey Spencer, uh, real quick, uh, what's the answer to the next question? Uh, yeah, we'll just give it to you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, along with Shawn Michaels, uh, Triple H was a founding member of D-Generation X, a uh, group synonymous with the Attitude Era uh, that also got lots of middle schoolers in trouble for crotch chopping and telling people to suck it. Triple H would later marry Stephanie McMahon, the daughter of WWF's owner Vince McMahon, and become the heir apparent to the WWF throne. Uh, as a wrestler, he has had multiple entrance themes created by him, uh, excuse me, created for him by Motorhead. But Motorhead isn't just a one-trick pony. What unlikely product did Motorhead begin producing in 2011? Um, I do have a little quick anecdote about Degeneration X. I almost broke my hand telling a kid to suck it once in my front yard. <laughs> Very dangerous. Don't tell people to suck it. Um, did the kid? Did the kid leave your yard? He ran away. Did he suck it? He did. <laughs> Why you gotta do it? He did suck it. That's um, cool. Our answer is. Motorhead began producing coconut water in 2011. Coconut water. Okay. Why? <laughs> Have you ever been on a motorcycle? Or on like tour when you're like out there. So, I mean, you're much, have you seen anyone like they're on stage just sweaty with yeah. They're just get losing just their electrolytes. What's coming also, out of your body? So many of them had to enter like into sobriety that there's yeah. like, that's the alternative. Sure. Uh, what, what's the brand of coconut water that they make called? Motorhead. Motor coconut oil. It's just called Motorhead? Yep. They're yeah. not super creative. They just like coconut water. No, it's, it's the band's logo. And it's honestly, it's a smart business gambit because that's really when coconut water started taking off. And which member of Motorhead is the, the like spokesperson, the front Lead person? Lead singer, this? of course. Yeah, Bill Wilson. L Lemmy? Huh? I don't know about Lemmy. Lemmy? No. He doesn't, no, he doesn't drink water. <laughs> He refuses. Fun fact about the bottle, um, I think we were talking about this earlier, but when you open it, it plays music by Motorhead. <laughs> just real quick, real quick, just name any song by Motorhead. I, which, no, not I, you. Okay. Um, Gears. Yep, okay. <laughs> so every bottle plays music. Does each one cost like $14? Yeah, they don't have, they make it's, bottles, not It's like albums. the Hallmark greeting card of coconut yeah. water. Yeah, it's it's like the Ciroc of coconut water. Like, you're going to pay a higher price because Motorhead's involved and because it's going to play you a sweet fucking tune. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like this is like really on the early edge of the coconut water trade, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's why they're making so much money. <laughs> okay. What, what do y'all think? Uh, Mel Gibson? <laughs> 
We're going to go hard, Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. Uh, lying or telling the truth? Lying. 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 Okay. Yeah. If they're lying, what did uh, Motorhead start producing? Uh, like a, like a uh, wax for your mustache. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Gentleman's <laughs> grooming wax. Yeah. Uh, well, you you weren't far off. It, it was not coconut water, but it was wine. Whoa! Out of here! And That's crazy. and they aren't cool. um, creative. It's just called Motorhead Shiraz. Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, so according to a statement released by Motorhead's publicist back in 2011, the wine has been quote carefully selected by the hard rock legends for its fruity aroma, flavors of vanilla, and soft round. Uh, it comes with a warning on its label from uh, Lemmy, the front man. This is his warning. My advice is, approach it with caution. I mean, wine is deceptive. Anything could happen. And he's dead. He's dead now. He drank too much. He is dead. Drank too much When I become sober, I'm going to switch to wine. So... <laughs> It's a sparkly wine glass, but it only has whiskey in it, folks. A little insider oh. tip about the panel. We'll give five points here for, for figuring out that they were lying. Oh, uh, great. So oh, no. we're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> that's a that's a real picture. A real picture. Uh, so him in another person's body. Yeah. He's actually that. that, that it's crazy. So Vince McMahon uh, is the majority owner, chairman, and CEO of the WWF. As you can tell from his picture, McMahon has been an avid weightlifter, even going as far as founding the short-lived World Bodybuilding Federation in 1990. You know who else was an avid bodybuilder? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who was originally considered for Arnold Schwarzenegger's role in The Terminator? All right, your time is up. My time is now. <laughs> for the <laughs> oh it's for the John Cena fans in the house. What do we think here? Uh, Van Damme. Van, so Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude Van Damme was the man originally approached for the Terminator. Great. What do you think? Uh, can you tell me what year um, the Terminator came out? Uh, the first one was like 81 or 82, I think. Yeah. When did Van Damme come onto the scene? I don't know a lot about the guy. Well, this is a good thing. So Jean-Claude Van Damme is, is, has a PhD in physics. He's, he's a uh, doctor of physics. And so he was kind of in like the grad school, early post-grad school period at that point in time. So he kind of, like, you can't be that buff and be a physicist and not think about being in the movies. Yeah. Right? So he, uh, he was just starting to think about it at that point and... Uh, it was like one of his early auditions. That's cool. I can relate because when I was getting my graduate degree, I was hospitalized for IBS. So. Similarly, the the lead singer of The Offspring is like super smart and has a doctor. Mm-hmm. But or he he like just went back to mm-hmm. get it. He was like in the yep. process, and then Smash, I think, was their first album that took mm-hmm. off real big. So it's happened before. And the lead guitarist of Soundgarden. Similar story. Soundgarden seems chill. My question is, so the Terminator, as I understand it, is a robot. And he's a a rabbit, and he's uh, he's not showing emotion for most of the film until a young boy touches his heart. Uh, Van Damme, a very experienced actor with a range of emotions. Sure, he's an action star, 
But why would you be considered for a role where they were just they were just stripping out ninety percent of why you why you cast Van Dam? Uh, for the challenge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for the challenge. He because has a he was there. In physics, so he knows challenges. He's also got uh, you know a funny voice like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's like oh yeah, do your yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme impression. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what do we think here? Um, uh, no. I believe they're lying. You believe they're lying. Okay. Three lies. All right, great. What do, who do we think uh, it was? I mean, uh, we could wager, I guess. I don't. I don't. I, I, we're we're voting for Sly. We think Stallone. Stallone was on the scene then. He was getting all the Emmy parts. That's a great guess. Uh, so it, 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 it was neither Sly nor Jean Claude. Uh, I can't wait to see who it was. It was actually, you know, it was the third. Everyone was thinking it. I'm sure. Uh, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> So it was 1984. Uh, what a terribly named movie, considering Arnold. the future. <laughs> Wait, what did he do? So Arnold was originally... originally what so Arnold was originally books. What happened? What did OJ do <laughs> later on in his life? That's the next question. Can we he wrote a book. Oh. So uh, Arnold was originally approached to play Kyle Reese, the what soldier the from the fuck? future sent back in time to protect Sarah Connor. Uh, but James Cameron wasn't interested in having OJ play the Terminator. Uh, again, remember, this is 1984, because OJ was just too likable. <laughs> he killed him all! He certainly yeah, but, did do but that. But he's got that smile. I see it. I saw Bronco today. I'll tell you what. So, <laughs> Murderers uh, can still be handsome men. The sorry. rivalry between yeah, Stone Cold true. Steve Austin and his boss, Mr. McMahon, was one of the defining feuds of the <laughs> Attitude Era. Millions of people around the world got to live vicariously through Austin, uh, a working stiff who gave his boss the finger and a Stone Cold stunner every week. Austin was known as one of the baddest SOBs on the planet, which is why he was given the nickname the Texas Rattlesnake. But instead of a Texas Rattlesnake, this question is about the Arizona Coral Snake. <laughs> when startled, frightened, or threatened, what does the Arizona Coral Snake do to ward off predators? Okay. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. So there's two snakes that are very similar to the color. Did you enjoy it? I think it might like. Shut up, dude. Shut up. You dumb suck. Or is the fourth the fourth I think we're ready. I saw. I saw. What does a snake do when threatened? It plays dead. It plays dead. Yeah. What, uh, how, how, what does a snake do to play dead? They're kind of like, you know, flaccid um, to begin with. Uh, it, 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 so millions of muscles along the body of a snake, yep. which is how it gets that, uh, Give or take, yeah. gets that little <laughs> shimmy going. Uh, so yeah, it'll, um, it'll, it'll stop sniffing with its tongue and it'll close its eyes and it'll roll half its body to show its belly. Oh, okay. What uh, can you describe just very briefly, like the coloring of the Arizona coral snake? Yeah, they're actually uh, really beautiful. Um, I'll say my favorite of their colors, and I'll I give each that. of my fellow <laughs> a chance to join she in. Um, one. Yeah, my cousin in Tucson had one. I enjoyed Tucson, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> plug. Uh, and for two, for the city of Tucson. So um, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the snakes that has a lot of stripes, but it's smaller than a copperhead. So it has black stripes. Yep. And I love it. Also has a few yellow stripes, sort of interlaced with a lot of the black mm-hmm, stripes. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. enjoy the white stripes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what's, what's the famous rhyme to tell if uh, with with black? Uh, uh, 
yellow and white stripes to tell if it's poison. Snakes, black stripes. Eat it up. <laughs> Just seems like you're the hardest little button to button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that is the white stripes song. That is yeah. the white stripes. That was yeah. so specific about the colors of the snake. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, 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 so what, what, what do we think here? Do you think they're telling the truth or they're lying? Uh, we, we think yeah. they're lying. You okay. think they're lying? Uh, and and uh, that's because the answer is actually? Uh, it, it shakes its tail like a rattlesnake, but it doesn't actually make uh, I see. Natural no, 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 go no, away from no, me. No, it's no, no. It is intruder. the Dikembe Mutombo of yeah. snakes. No. <laughs> I still don't understand that. Yeah, it's okay. This is my house. Not on tonight. Uh, well, you know you should have stuck with your, your gut because they fart. <laughs> My favorite part about this answer is that it is all in lowercase letters. Well, Susie, for what? For what? Because you said shit first. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Susie, I'm glad you said that. They actually cannot fart. What they do is actually called colloquial popping. Oh, I do. That's pretty gross. Pretty gross. They've got an everything hole, right? They do have an everything hole. That seems good. Which is my favorite bagel. Speaking of everything holes. <laughs> Speaking of everything holes. Hey, how dare you? Stone Cold Steve Austin's other notable ongoing rivalry was with The Rock. Mm. The Rock would go on to be the highest paid actor in the world, starring in movies such as the sequel to The Mummy and the sequel to The Sequel to The Mummy. <laughs> These movies take place in Egypt, where the Great Pyramid of Giza is located, which is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Mm-hmm. What are the names of at least two of the other seven uh, wonders, or uh, name the eighth and or ninth wonder of the world? Okay. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Well, well, I think it's it's like it's like like Does it have to be the ancient or just like the regular one? Yeah, I think that's right. Could be like. I was just the tigers. Yeah, I think the colossus. Then there's there's one. We're not talking about. You don't know what we think, Spencer. All right, that's time, unfortunately. Damn it. What? Okay. What do we got? What do we got? Okay. Is that right? The the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Okay. And the Colossus. Talk about the Colossus for me, will ya? It's a big old statue that straddles a, a or that did stra- allegedly straddle um, a, a, like bay, right? Or a, yeah, something like that. Remember that uh, late season scene in Lost when there's the foot statue? No, uh-uh, with four toes. Nah. It's yes. kind of like that. Kind of like that. Yep, what was the that name was of the analogy. bay that it once straddled? Uh, oh, brother, I do not know. Mm. Okay. Uh, what nations exist now near the Colossus? Um, I imagine it was probably Mesopotamian. Is that a current nation? No. No. <laughs> no. Sure. Uh, what are the current <laughs> oh, world right. nations? Oh, I think I... I near the Colossus. Yeah, Iran. Came to Iraq. Iran, Iraq. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's, cool, all. Cool, that's cool, all. That's cool, all. That's good. Cool. Nice. Yeah, those are countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the Colossus um, made out of? Uh, stone. Duh. Smart. Does it exist today? <laughs> I agree. No. What happened to it? Uh, So they they think that it actually never really existed, at least the way it's described. Because it was supposedly like straddling the bay, which would have been been, like fucking huge and impossible. Uh, So they think it was actually like pretty big, but just like standing like this, not like this. So it never really existed, but... Can you do that again? I didn't see what you did. Yeah, like this, or like 
this. Okay. Now, what about the Hanging Gardens? Here, I'll be what the, what the Hanging Gardens? Yeah, Hanging Gardens. Give me a current world nation yeah. that contain where the Hanging Gardens of Babylon would have been. I don't know about and then some of the I'm flowers. I'm looking at Sue. She's a smart been. lady. She knows this. She knows Dude, her geography. So much precious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd yeah. settle for what they are. It's. Uh, I believe oh. they were. Uh, was it gardens like? That had irrigation in the, in the uh, wall. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah. lattices uh, above a long causeway, which had hanging plants down beneath. Oh wow! Lattices. Lattices. Like all right, great. So I think that's all. That's all we're gonna get out of that. Okay. I think. Well, what, what do you think? Do you think that's on the truth? Well, they you named know, two we, of them? we had named uh, among ourselves uh, the the gardens of Babylon. Yeah. Yep. We think we got they got one right. And one I right. feel like it's a half truth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Are y'all willing to jump on that? Yeah. Yeah. Half truth. One right, one wrong. Okay. And what do you think? Uh, We've done lots of things. Grand Canyon, Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Do you want to? You want to say both of those? Uh, can, 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 can we keep adding? Maybe. And I'm see how close we can get. Uh, I, I will give you five there's, guesses. Uh, there's also um, uh, the Great <clears throat> Library of Alexandria. Mm. That seems like it's got books in it. Yeah, yep. I used to. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to. Them all I mean, oh, we can and, just start uh, listing guesses. And yeah. Stonehenge was also on our list. Okay, yeah. so Stonehenge, Alexandria, do you guys have any more guesses? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a big old wall in Jordan or something where you can like, look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Petra. Then, Petra, it's where that movie. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we referencing? Wait, are you referencing? I don't even want to reveal just my cards. Just say it. How dumb I might sound. Say it. What's well, that wait. beautiful place in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It is beautiful. Thank That's you. also one of our answers. Okay, so uh, actually, you were completely right. Wow. Hanging Gardens uh, and the Colossus were, were both... Um, what the fuck? Did we do well in any way? You, you actually, you came real close, but but not quite. I, I do right. believe that the Grand Canyon is one of the like natural wonders of the world, okay. but but it's not one of the ancient and wonders. And we asked That's during the timeout if Spencer would confirm because he used both terminologies and he refused. Well, the so. reason for that is because the eighth wonder of the world is Andre the Giant and the ninth wonder is China. Oh, that's ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> oh, the oh, that's oh. the They're both wrestlers. That's nice. So the answers were the, uh, the, the Hanging Gardens, uh, the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus, the Statue of Zeus at Olympia, the Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, uh, the Colossus of Rhodes, and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Which had a library <laughs> inside so, of it. Oh, this is a nice learning experience. <laughs> yeah, I good. will say that. All right. Now, Mick Foley, a.k.a. Mankind, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Dude Love, was WWF's <laughs> resident hardcore legend. While usually at odds with The Rock, the two would form a tag team known as the Rock and Sock Connection, uh, winning the tag team championships three times. Foley was known for having a split personality, one of whom was the disco-loving Dude Love. You know who else loved disco? John Travolta's character in Saturday Night Fever. Mm. What unusual thing did John Travolta do in order to focus on starting his acting career? Oh, what unusual Ooh, thing I haven't done that in so damn long. He became a Scientologist. Yeah. Oh, in real life. Yeah. 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 What did what yeah. did John Travolta do to focus on acting? He became a Scientologist. Great job, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to John Travolta. Fair he's enough. he's watching. He is. Yeah. John Travolta is a huge Twitch fan. Um, so what, so did he he 
sought out Scientology specifically to become an actor. So were there, was there already, at the time when he was breaking into acting, was there already a large contingent of celebrity Scientologists? Not a large contingent. Uh, so the Celebrity Center in mm -hmm. California was really trying to get more people. He was already Barbarino on that TV show where he played Barbarino. Yeah. Is it Welcome Back, Welcome Potter? Potter. Welcome yep. Back, Potter. Um, so he had a little juice going and he was really trying to make himself better and that's a Scientology get you. They pitch that they can take your personality and make you a super successful person. So the, and for Scientology it was kind of a win-win for them because they were trying to get into oh, yeah. the like they celebrity were game. The life out so of they were like, who here's this guy. Going. So yeah, the, so the like, Celebrity Center was an aspirational name. Yeah, yes. yeah all, they were like, we want, ha, ha. yeah. All elements of Scientology are 100% aspirational. <laughs> Yeah. No results have ever been proven or shown. What's um, just like your top three favorite things about Scientology? Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth uh, Moss. Where yeah. did it begin? Oh, big time. <laughs> fucking um, Elizabeth Moss. Feel weird about that. Want to love her? Don't know. Beautiful e location right off whatever fucking highway yeah. that is. What the um, for? I don't know what the fuck. Uh, the origins of Scientology are very like honest and genuine. It seems like trying to like clear yourself of your. The origins past. of Scientology are a sex obsessed sci-fi novelist yes. uh, trying to do a lot of drugs and cool. fuck a lot of women. Well, he was also trying Sign to like, diagnose up. himself and figure you know, out like what was no, we'll going on with like his own yeah. brain. I feel great that you guys are all on the same page about this. My top favorite thing about Scientology is we, that that beautiful building Sarah referenced has people being punished by sleeping on the roof of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. What, what, what do we think here? Yes. I mean, he did become a Scientologist. I'm just not sure if that's the unusual thing he did yeah. to advance his acting career. But I mean, should we just give it to yeah, him? Yeah, let's right just say oh, true. Oh, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Sure. Yeah. She is the nice one, guys. Uh, so Tom Cruise, excuse me, not Tom Cruise. What's this other? Is Tom John Cruise Tom the fucking answer they're somehow? The <laughs> they're the same goddamn thing. They're both Mel Gibson. <laughs> Blackmailed by Scientology to keep yeah. them from coming out. Yeah. So, so he did convert to Scientology in 1975. So it was way before uh, most of his career. Uh, but the but what he did do was he dropped out of high school. Dropped out of high school when he was 17 years old. Uh, he would go on to have his theater debut in the touring company of Greece playing a high schooler. And he uh, had his first role on television as a high schooler. So, I don't know Vinny how he did that. Vinny Barbarino, these are my people. Yeah. A is the font. Excuse me. <laughs> Speaking of tag teams, the, the Hardy Boys were one of the teams responsible for revitalizing the tag team division in the WWF. But there was another set of Hardy Boys that solved mysteries rather than wrestle. In 2005, the Hardy Boys spin-off series, The Hardy Boys, Undercover Brothers. No. <laughs> yeah? Yes. That's a real series. That, that's when that began. Uh -huh. So the boys became part of a top-secret government agency known as ATAC, American Teens Against Crime. In what cool way were the Hardy Boys given their mission details in each book? Wait, is this? Are these the original books or the new? The original. Uh, a a self-destructing video phone. 
Self-destructing video phone. All right. Ooh. Cool. Can you describe the age of the gentle? I know they were teens, but what were the their gentle ages? teens? Yeah, the gentle teens. <laughs> gentle teens. Uh, I believe Frank was seventeen and Joe was fifteen. Oh, they're just two brothers. There's two hardy boys, and then their best friend Chet Morton, who drives a jalopy. Oh. Okay. What, what were their last it, names? It was a PT hardy. Amazing. A self-destructing cell phone. A video. A video phone. Video phone. Okay. Was this pre or post the razor? Uh, this would have been uh, well, contemporaneous yeah. with the razor. Oh, wow. Okay. Was the video phone? It was pre crazer Oh, razor. Sorry, what's a crazer? Oh, uh, you don't remember the crazer? It was the tiny nope. version. The crazer was the yeah. It was like the uh, the black and red version that flipped open, and it had the little button on the side where you pressed it, and it flipped open on its own. Mama had it. I had one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was cool as fuck. Me this too. was the you era ever, like, where you your cell phone was trying to get tinier to be cooler, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's now it's like it's this now... is a big thing. Yeah, I, can't fit it. I, I have never felt cooler in my whole life than when I got a call in from my friends, and all I did was. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. It I'm cool. Mm -hmm. This video um, phone that was, um, you said, exploding. Yeah. Uh, would it be like, how would it be delivered to them? How would they receive this video phone? <laughs> well, all different ways, which is like what made it. You know, it was kind of fun. It was like, where's the video phone going to come from this time? So it's in the mailbox. So part sometimes. of the mystery was getting the finding the phone. To sometimes tell them where the secondary mystery was. Sometimes it was cool. in Chet do, Morton's I mean, jalopy. Do they like? <laughs> how does it self-destruct? Because I can just see these guys like holding onto a phone and yeah, then it grenade. blowing off their goddamn hands. Yeah, there goes the well, whole series. In, mind, in 2005, it was, it was kind of pre-legitimate video phone technology, so there was yeah. a lot of, like, creative license they were taking in this reboot. So, so they had to look pretty close to watch a video on one of those And things. then they and threw then it! They, they threw it! It was like, it was like a, an old-timey, like, you know, this kind of thing, but you're, like, holding the phone. It just feels like the they would be committing a crime. Blowing up whatever they up threw. They didn't the... make the phone. Did you, if did something you explodes. Did you never see uh, uh, Mission Impossible 2? No. Tom... Oh, okay, never no. mind. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think? <laughs> Tell me the truth. It's a lie. It's a lie. You seem very confident. What, what do you think the answer is? I just feel like it's more like a text. Texting was just uh, beginning. A non... Instant messenger. An instant messenger. A non-detonating. Uh, okay. So instant kind messenger. Instant like AIM messenger. was the way they got there. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like an instant messenger or a text. Some kind message. of hot gotcha. messenger. System. I feel like it's just as long as it's like a message in text form, which also includes like a direct message or like a. Gotcha. Gotcha. The I internet like is involved in getting it to them. So, uh, it was actually via CD-ROM. Oh, uh, that is on. so sad. The agency sends their agents a video game uh, disc, which will be their mission CD, with details on the latest mission, and after it's been viewed, it reformats itself into a regular music CD. Ooh, that's kind of fun. It's pretty cool. And it's an all idea. Nora Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Come away with me, boys. Uh, great. Now, we're, uh, we're, we're getting to the home stretch here. Oh, shit. They look good. The Hardy Boys... <laughs> The Hardy Boys had a long-time rivalry with Edge and Christian, pictured here on the right and the middle, respectively. Edge and Christian began their WWF career as vampires, alongside Gangrel in a stable known as Gangrel. The Brood. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, Gangrel rules, actually. Uh, <laughs> apart from Gangrel, the other most famous vampire is probably Dracula. Did you know Dracula... Did you know that Dracula went to school? Yes. Who was the headmaster of the school attended by Dracula? Okay. Dr. Blood. <laughs> Alright, what do we think? Who's the headmaster of the spooky school? 
Um, Professor Tchaikovsky. Okay. The composer, or just the, just well, no he relation. He made music on his free time. School he did. Uh, not the composer you're thinking of, yeah, but he, he did one. compose beautiful music. Okay. Yeah. Would, Type of uh, with genre, yeah. I mean, he'd do classical mostly, but sure. he did. I mean, he did dabble in like jazz. Jazz? Jazz? Yeah. Jazz. jazz. Have you heard of jazz? Have you heard of jazz? No. What is it? It's an American. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard huh? of jazz. My friends in the 19th century. Yeah. Uh, Professor. I thought that was going to be a sicker person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 hold on. Can we, we try it again? Can we, can, we try the burn, can we try the burn one more time? Please, give it a shot. All right. Okay. Jazz? Uh, I have heard of jazz. My friends in the 19th century have not. Oh, oh damn! Give her a point! Give her a point! Yeah, I'll give her a point. Give her a point. Woo! Give her a point. That's one point for that sick burn. Hell yeah. Uh, any more questions about uh, Mr., uh, excuse me, Professor Tchaikovsky? Can you spell Tchaikovsky for us? No, they can't. No, we can't. What is your what's what is your uh, verdict? Yeah, that's, a, that's a lie. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. What do you think the uh, answer is? Our answer is Nosferatu. It's a great guess. Nosferatu. Wow. The other most famous vampire after Gangrel and Dracula. <laughs> no, actually, it was Satan. It was the devil. That fucking rules. Dracula, get in my office. Yeah, like, oh, no. I mean, that's a really cool thing. Uh, I'm the devil, but I'm going to enforce rules of education. Yeah, so the uh, the name of the school was the uh, Scalamance. It was a fabled school of black magic in Transylvania, Scal- run by the devil. Scal-a-mance. The school lay underground, and the students remained unexposed to sunlight for the seven-year duration of their study. Seven years? Is this, in the, the book? this is real-ass shit, my dude. In the, in the yeah. book? Yeah. Fuck. But, so it was, it's in Dracula, but it was already established in Hungarian legend already. Jesus. Sex. So, so when he wrote, so when he wrote Dracula, he was just like, oh yeah, you know Scalamance. Who like, was the, do you know who the superintendent of this school system? Uh, I it was the, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. he's above the devil? Uh, <laughs> what a hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, I think this brings us to uh, our last question. Ooh. Last question. The Undertaker. Oh, hardly know her. So the brood would feud and eventually join the Ministry of Darkness, a stable led by none other than the Undertaker, an undead wizard full of dark powers. And yes, we are still talking about wrestling. The Undertaker would sometimes compete in a special casket match, which uh, was won not by pinning your opponent, by, by, excuse me, but by throwing them into a coffin. Just like a real Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Some people no. had they unique requests for their burials, such as Pantera's former frontman, Dimebag Daryl. Oh, what was unusual about Dimebag Daryl's casket? All right. That's uh that was American Badass by Kid Rock, not the theme song that he used during this era, but it was more fun. 
Isn't that what he used when he came out as when he was like the motorcycle? Yeah, this is that era. American yeah, he used this for six months and then used uh, Roland by uh, Limp Bizkit right after. Fuck yeah! yeah. That's, I sped down, down Lakeshore Drive to the Roland remix yeah. in a Chevy very... Prism at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> and the lights on my odometer turned off once oh. I passed 100 miles an hour. That's yeah. crazy. cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Can we inquire more about that story? (laughs) Unfortunately, he is lying. (laughs) Uh, What what, what do we think here? Um, He was was a giant uh, zipper bag. Ziploc bag. Ziploc. I I mean, it might not have been Ziploc branded. A dime uh, bag. It was a big old... The Ziploc... Uh, brand is notoriously known for only making two sizes of Ziploc bag, the small one Sandwich and, gallon. And, and then the no. gallon. So they specifically for Shout this out to funeral. Gallon, my other team. <laughs> We're really just plugging a lot of Sarah's teams right now. I have a query: read drug culture. Oh, uh, Do you imagine uh, that a dime bag is the size of a Ziploc standard sandwich bag? No, 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 no. We're using Ziploc. We're using Ziploc. A man is not the size. We're 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 shocking. Excuse me. We're losing the force for the trees. You're saying he's buried in a giant bag. Bag. A giant, is, which had a zipping lock. Yeah, a, a zipping lock bag. mechanism bag. His, his, was it, was so it for the, his namesake, he was a dime bag Daryl. He's buried in a yeah. plastic bag yes. such as his namesake. I'll tell y'all what. I've kept the same uh, size little plastic bag to bring onto my carry-on for the fucking airport for like literally 11 years. Yeah, that shit holds size. up. Can Where I, the hell I, before, is that thing now? Can I, mean, I inquire like, real quick, sir? Did you start that with, I'll tell y'all what? <laughs> <laughs> because you've been watching way too much Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I just want to know if that his little so... corpse is just chilling okay. out. It's, it's also respect it's... for an actual dead person. Yeah. If his big it's ass also, it's corpse. also very respectfully not a very little corpse. Yeah. Okay, so if his remains <laughs> are housed in a little plastic bag, a is it just. He's, no, he's in a man sized bag. With a zipping <laughs> lock mechanism. That is airtight. Well, where is it then? Is it buried? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Where at? I know, it's the dang cemetery. You gotta answer the question. Montreal, maybe? Yeah, he's buried in Montreal with the I'm pretty certain that Pantera originated in Maryland. So I think the answer is in Maryland. Pantera? I think so. The band he... The band Pantera. Or the band he played guitar. As a Marylander, we're very tight about who gets buried there. I haven't heard anything about it. (laughs) And they love Old Bay. We do, we love Old Bay. I mean, if you want to talk about Old Bay, let's talk about Old Bay. And I'm the Old Day. I bought two Old Bay branded shirts in the last month. That's insane. Right. Old Bay branded underpants that are in a style that is implied that people will find me sexy in them. <laughs> Where do they fit the logo? Okay, that that one is true. Right. What do we think though about this uh, this burial? Since it's the last question, we're just gonna like really go for it. I love we it. think it's a trick question, and we think that he was just straight up smoked. Oh, smoked. <laughs> Interesting. Think he was rolled in rolling paper, rolled. and they set that shit on fire. Rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled. And so actually, oh Spencer, <laughs> it was a kiss casket. Oh, oh. you know, well, they had, they had gaudy Gene Simmons said, "Quote: There were a limited number made, and I sent I sent mine to the family of Dimebag Dale. He requested it in his will to be buried in a kiss casket, as he sort of learned his rock and roll roots by listening to us for some strange reason." <laughs> Uh, unquote. And for, Thanks, for, for those who favor cremation, Kiss earns 
are also available. I like that Gene really committed to that. Like, he sort of learned his rock and roll roots by listening to us for some reason. Who well, fucking knows? He knows it's crazy. Like, yeah. I think my parents Because Pantera's a real band and Kiss is not. Gene Simmons is like a marketing maniac. Yeah. And there, there are also Kiss condoms. And mm-hmm. he, he has, like, been quoted as saying, because there's the condoms in the casket, uh, that they'll either get you coming or going. <laughs> That is a real thing, Jesus. That's fucking rules. So that was that was the last question, and and I'll tell you, it was literally tied up until that very last question. Uh, So we we do have a winner. Um, Up until that last round, uh, each team had had twenty seven points, I believe. So we had uh, we had uh, your name again, Headlock. Headlock and Headlock and Sons. Plumbing for your needs out of Poughkeepsie. (laughs) Undertaker. I hardly knew her. Uh, it's appropriate that we go out with the Undertaker's last question because Undertaker, hardly knew her, was the winners for tonight. Let's give them a big round of applause. Uh, we, want, we want to thank everyone for coming out to our show tonight. Uh... Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at facebook.com slash show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show was produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Simon Collier, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Fiona Stevens. Our panel this week. Susie Allen is the associate editor of the University of Chicago magazine. Follow her on Twitter at Susie underscore Allen. Connor Doyle can be heard on the Humanoid Resources podcast, hosted right here on Arcade Audio. Chirag Rator is an improviser in Chicago and the host of the podcast, Mr. Rator's Neighborhood. Sarah Magnuson performs with Danks at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago. Julia Heinen can be seen performing all around Chicago. And finally, Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the podcast Dilettante Ball, which can also be found right here on Arcade Audio. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.